Hello and welcome to Review Without a Cause, the podcast where I review movies and or TV shows and I pretend to know what I'm saying and or doing. In this episode, we're going to be talking about I Care A Lot, the movie, the Netflix production that came out the 19th of February 2021. As usual, in these episodes, I'm going to start by giving a bit of information about the movie, who was in it, who was casted, what's the synopsis, etc. Then I'm going to go into a little of a review without spoilers, so you can listen to that part if you haven't seen the movie yet. And later I'm going to go into the spoiler zone, and it's going to be dirty. It's going to get down to the floor body on body contact i talk about everything i curse i don't care you're more than welcome to stay and if you haven't seen the film you can't come for me because i just told you it's filled with spoilers so beware um let's start with the introduction of the film let's learn what happens in this film who is in it and why was it even made okay so i care a lot like i said came out the 19th of february 2021 after valentine's day the synopsis of the film is a crooked legal guardian who drains the savings of her elderly wards meet her match when a woman she tries to swindle turns out to be more than she first appears. The movie right now has 6.2 stars on IMDb. It's okay. It's not bad. It's not great. It's okay. Um, the director is Jay Blakeson. It's also written by Jay Blakeson. Um, I had never heard of him. <laughs> Who is he? I don't know. He is the director of The Fifth Wave. That was the um, young adult novel that was turned into a film in 2016. He was also the um, director of The Disappearance of Alice Creed um, and Gunpowder, who's a miniseries with three episodes in 2017. And then the next thing he did was I Care A Lot. So good for him. He also wrote it, like I said. The star, um, the cast is starred with Rosamund Pike, who plays the protagonist rosamund pike is the um actress from gone girl i'm not gonna don't come for me it's basically the same person i i mean it's not but you know rosamund pike she also was in uh, *Pride and prejudice 2005 playing jane and she's been her breakthrough role kind of was gone girl even though um she's done a lot of stuff before but people really saw her as you know a great actress in that role then we have um peter dinglich in this um, like I said, I'm not going to say spoilers, so it's him. It's in it. Asa Gonzalez, um, she plays Fran. And she's like the helper. I mean, you see it in the trailer. She's the helper of um, Rosamund Pike. Then we have Diane Weist. Um, she plays the old woman who gets, um, not abducted, but, you know, that woman that um, it's a bit more trouble than she seems. Then we have Chris Messina, gorgeous man of sex. Um, Chris Messina, you know, because he was... In, um, he has something in common with Rosamund Pike. Rosamund Pike, like I said, was the star of the movie Gone Girl, which is based on the novel um, Gone Girl. Um, and then Chris Messina was in the show, amazing show if you haven't seen it, Sharp Objects. And Sharp Objects and Gone Girl are both um, novels written by Gillian Flynn. Um, so they both have worked with Gillian Flynn's and adaptations of her novels in the past, which is really interesting. And then we have Isaiah Whitlock Jr., Megan Blair, and other people. Damian Young is in this, and other people who, I mean, I'm not going to spend the time talking about because they're not as important. I'm sorry. I just don't think they're relevant. I, I could spend hours talking about the cast, and I, I don't know who they are. They're not relevant. You don't know who they are. Let's stop pretending.
Okay, so um, like I said, the movie is about the guardian who is kind of playing the dirty game and getting older people into um, her power and then she is robbing their money. How exactly you have to watch a film to to find out, but um, it's it's um, a lot. So when this first movie or the trailer for the movie came out, I was really excited because I love a con movie. I love a heist. I love women getting stuff done. But then I started this movie and then everything changed. Now we're done talking about the cast um, and the crew and <laughs> everything. Let's talk about the movie. Not going to give any spoilers, but it is going to be a review. So, I wasn't expecting anything when I started this movie. I was excited to see this because, um, like I said, I love con movies. And then I started it and then I didn't care anymore. It happened really quickly. I think there's some narration happening, which is not bad. It mostly happens in mafia movies and in con movies and heists. Sometimes they start with um, narration. Think of uh, Goodfellas. I mean, all of, all of those mafia movies typically start with narration. I don't know if it's Martin Scorsese who likes it, but then we have um, um, The Outside Man, I think it's called. No, Inside Man, sorry, that heist movie in the bank, and that's also with narration. narration. Um, this is the same. So a lot of, uh, it's a bit of narration at the beginning. The acting is good, obviously it is, because the cast is filled with great people. Um, and I didn't know that Peter Dinklage was in this. When he showed up, I was really happy. <laughs> I didn't know. And then I saw Diane Weist and I didn't know who that was. Like, I knew her. I've seen her face before, but I didn't know where I knew her from. And then I looked on IMDb and she's a classic. Girls, boys. She was in The Birdcage from 1996. I love that movie with Robin Williams. If you haven't seen it, please check it out. It's hilarious. My mom loved that movie. It makes me so happy. Um, and then we have Hannah and her sisters, the Woody Allen film. Yes, unfortunate. <laughs> But she's in this and she plays Holly. She's one of the sisters. So maybe that's where you know her from. Also, she's the mother of Edward Scissorhands uh, from 1990. So, I mean, she has not stopped working. I love um, Diane Weiss. I Obviously, I didn't recognize her because I've seen her when she was... I'm, I haven't seen recent stuff from her. But I was really happy to see her here. And, I mean, there's not a lot of time of her on screen, but she's great. Chris Messina, it's a little dribble. It's a little glitter on top of some poster you did for a fundraiser in school he's there but it's is he is really is he really there not really you know what i mean it's like i appreciate it and it makes like catches my eye but that's all there is and they have other people damian young has also been a while mostly i know him from comedy and sitcoms um, I mean, look at his face. He looks really fun. But also he was in Birdman or uh, lately he's been in the trial of the Chicago's Chicago <laughs> of the Chicago 7. It's based on a true story and FX production as well. And he's also been on the TV series Snowpiercer. So I think he's trying to get out of, I don't know why I had him as a comedy guy when he's done a lot of serious things. Um, I have no idea why I, I, I picked him as a comedy guy. I think it's the face. I'm sorry. But he's doing great stuff. He's always done great stuff. And I see that. It's not only comedy. I was wrong, ladies and gentlemen. Write it down. Mark the moment. Record myself. He's been in Homeland. He's been in Ocean's 8. I think he has such a good career before him um, and, he, and ahead of him as well. So good for him. He plays the role of Sam Rice. Um, it's not a big role, but... 
it's okay. I mean, it is pretty clear when you watch a movie that Rosamund Pike um, or the character Marla Grayson is the protagonist. Now, the problem is, um, I'll talk, obviously, I'll talk more freely in the spoiler zone, but um, she's not a she's not a likable woman. Um, that is the problem. I mean, people have gotten away with writing not likable characters all the time, but they somehow, to a certain degree, they are likable. And I guess you could. For me, she wasn't. She was not likable. I wasn't rooting for her at all, <laughs> I have to be honest. Um, maybe it's because of the scheme and the con that she's working on. I don't think it's cool i don't think it's cool to rob old people um and in the movie they do show like how as bad as it can get and how it really feels like and how it really looks like um and the thing is we'll talk about in the spoiler zone um i can't say but i mean it's not illegal what she does is just appealing to what the state requires and she just does it technically it's not illegal um, and in an interview, Asa Gonzalez, who's in this, playing Fran, I already said, she talks about how crazy it is that um, the state has this kind of um, conservatorship that we don't talk about it much. And apparently the, the, the goal of this film is to shed light and how this system is sometimes so co- built so complex that um, it preys on the innocent. And there's no way to fight it because it's a big ass system and the small people um, like elderly people or the people who are not able, they are the victims um, of this whole scheme. So it is a critique on society, 100%, but it still tells you a story and I think it still wants you to root for her, I think. We'll talk about it later because the end, you know, there's a lot of stuff that I have to be kept in mind, but it is definitely a socially a social critique on this um, system that's been going on and nobody talks about because nobody cares because honestly, society is very ageist. You'll see it in the movie as well. If you're old, nobody cares about you that much and they, f- it's just easier to, I mean, put you away. That sounds a bit weird. It's just easier to stick to the system. They don't have to ask the elderly people how they're feeling because they're not in their right mind. They're not important we know better all those questions are um to be seen in the film honestly (laughs) it was really depressing watching it and that is why i was not rooting for the for the protagonist i maybe it was written that way so that you wouldn't like it but i saw drag queens um who like to watch with um, trixie mattel and katia and i'm not gonna say her last name and they were like rooting for her but obviously it's for entertainment i wasn't 100 wasn't i don't, didn't want her to win i i enjoyed watching her suffer and she vapes that's all i have to say she vapes in the movie she is symbolized as being the ultimate millennial i think it's the point she has this very um modern clothes she wears a suit but she's wearing like she's wearing like the more modern comfortable version of the suit her haircut is like modern and very edgy with the clear lines that you have to get a haircut every five fucking days um she vapes she is young she's hungry it's like a critique i mean i guess she's supposed to represent the younger society who preys on the elderly people she represents, she's kind of an exaggeration of the younger or the, you know, more powerful 
hungry generation that takes over the elderly people. She's like drinking and um, having coffee and she stunning. <laughs> she vapes and um, all the stuff. And she kind of, sim she symbolizes the worst in the younger parts of our society. I think that's the whole point. Obviously the plot thickens. I'll talk about it later because this is no spoiler zone, but I think that's the point. Obviously, like I said, I've said it twice. I'll say it already um, again. It's a social critique. So good for them. I got it. I promise you I got it. It's just that I don't like what I see. <laughs> it's like putting a mirror. I mean, I don't have anything to do with it, obviously, but obviously. Uh, it's like putting a mirror up to my face and be like, look, what could happen? This is the worst case scenario. I mean, this is what's happening, but this is the worst case scenario. And this is what you would do. And this is what's going on. And that's, this is how you behave. And this is what you think is right. And I didn't like it. Um, I Did I enjoy the film? And, uh, nah, it's okay. Um, I think there was a lot more action than I anticipated. It's an action film in a way. It was a lot of more violence than I anticipated. I thought everything was going to be a little bit more classy than it ended up being. When they made some decisions, I'll talk about it later. Um, that's my favorite sentence. I kind of like questioned it. I was like, okay, all right, mm -hmm, okay. Um, my comments, most of, like, you know, I take notes sometimes when I watch a movie. I just wrote, it is so uncomfortable to watch. I hate them. I did not know about this movie, what this movie is about. I'm glad I did not know. Like, I don't think I would have watched it if I knew what this is about. And some people might be thinking, you are exaggerating. If you've seen it already, you might be saying you're exaggerating. Um, I think they didn't... This is real life. They do this 100% out there. It's just that I think they didn't... At the end of the day, it has to be entertaining. It, it is not a documentary. It's not supposed to make you feel bad a little bit but it also has to be enjoyable and it's still once again a netflix making it market mar marketable they have to make something interesting also with this cast being on this you people are gonna want to watch it and you cannot just insult them to their face and say you treat elderly people bad this is what you do go fuck yourself so they have to have this interesting take or well i don't find it interesting but <laughs> but entertaining action plot twists that people might be like interested in following and that's what they did and okay kudos for you so people will watch it more still a whole critique on our society and for me it was not worth it like the twist they took and the decisions they made I, I didn't care I actually stopped this movie to go to sleep and woke up the next morning and for lunch I finished it like I did not care about not finishing this movie at all but here I am I watched it yes high five you um, and it's number seven of popularity on IMDb. Once again, I think the, the cast does a lot. Um, the plot, not as much. Not for me, honestly. Really, not for me. Like, it reminded me of a very old story from the early 2000s being told. Again, with a take on social critique and with a bit more representation. We'll talk about it later. That usually, and that's it. I don't know. I didn't... I was like, okay, I watched it. Good, now I can review it. Like, I don't... If you think, okay, let's do this thing. If you're interested in... Well, now I've told you about the social critique. Maybe you do not want to. But 
if you're comfortable with violence, if you're comfortable with violence to the elderly, I mean, it's not as, listen, it's not explicit at all. It's not, it's for, I think, at the age, it's like 12 years old, you have to be to watch this. Um, it's a comedy, there's funny moments. Uh, but if you're expecting an, act, an action film of a cool chick that you root for from the beginning to the end, this is not it. If you're expecting um, kind of like a legal battle, you know, to make what's right or for her to defend her right to do what she does, this is not it. If you expect twists and turns and you don't care where the story takes you and you just want to see Rosamund Pike looking fly as fuck, drinking tiny cappuccinos and vaping, a huge vape, by the way. What flavor do you think she smokes? Something like CBD, kind of like a CBD, 100% sure. She's nominated, by the way. She's nominated for one Golden Globe. (laughs) I don't know why. I guess she's great. I mean, she's a great actress and she did what she could. And I mean, she pulled it through. So if you would just want to see her performance on the Golden, for her Golden Globe nomination, go for it. The rest of the movie for me is blah. That's it. If you want to see Rosamund Pike, go for it. If you expect um, a a comedy, a normal comedy, or um, maybe a normal thriller, if you're expecting like a normal comedy thriller, which those elements sometimes don't work together, but if you're in it to win it, 100% go for it. If not, this is not this is not for you, darling. So um, I'm just I'm done. I don't have anything else to say. That's it. I'm just gonna go to the spoiler zone where I can talk freely and just just destroy this movie. <laughs> no, I'm not gonna destroy it. It's gonna be fine. It's gonna be great. Don't get nervous. Relax. I'll make you a tea and we can continue to get it going on. Lucy is not as bad. If you haven't seen the full the, the movie, the full movie, um, don't stay. Like, don't ruin this for you. I've warned you a thousand times. And if you have seen the ma- the film, stay or not. I can't tell you what to do. Okay, great. Okay, so I've been reading the reviews of this movie on IMDb, and they are not kind. They're like. I just feel so bad, but okay, I'm gonna read some, and I quote, some reviews. One of the most irritating movie ever. How does this stuff even get made? Garbage film, disappointed, don't waste your time, this sucked. <laughs> Worse than the whole year of 2020. So, um, that will give you an idea of what the movie, the people thought of this movie. I agree. I mean, it's not a good movie at all. I was being kind before. Now, between us and the spoiler zone, it fucking sucked balls. Everything was fine at the beginning. She was at court defending her case to um, the guy, I think is listed as Feldstrom, so played by Michael Macon Blair, who's just like, hey, you have my mother. Please give me back, to, like, give back my mother, you know, etc. And she's like, oh, fuck yourself. I'm doing the right thing. She was out of her mind. And now, like, from the very beginning, we see what her whole point is, how she's defending herself. If people ask her what the system and well, they don't encourage her to do so, but it's totally legal. She's allowed to do this. She just plays the strings a little. And that's, um, we see her in her essence. She's done it a thousand times. She knows what to say exactly. She looks at the, at the judge immediately because she knows he's the one who's going to make the decision. She doesn't care that people yell at her from the sides. She's going to keep doing what she does. And um, we see her leave the court and that guy follows her, threatens her. She threatens back. And that's when we see that she has them balls. She has the ovaries and and she can get away with a lot of stuff. We'll figure it out later, obviously, against the Russian mafia. That she can beat the Russian mafia, apparently, and can make a deal with the mafia, apparently. Again, the word apparently. The fact that they chose the Russian mafia is just so disgusting to me. Like I said... 
if you're gonna portray the Russian mafia or any kind of mafia, I've been watching The Sopranos, you can't do this to me. You can just do it like that, full of stereotypes. What is this? And that little play with um, Peter, Peter Dinglich, just when they hand him, like, I think it's Polaroids. First of all, if it's the year 2020 or 2021, who makes, who wastes Polaroids of sexual or slaves or human uh, trafficking? That's when I was like, this is done. No, I'm kidding. That's not it. But like, I was like, what is this? Um, it's just so many stereotypes about the Russian mafia and me that I've been involved in one. I can say, kidding. I don't know. But it's just, we're tired. I'm tired of the mafia. I'm tired of the mafia being like <laughs> the bad boys. Obviously, they are the bad boys, but uh, it's the easy way out. I just thought it was the easy way out. I was really interested because I thought that maybe the, the Diane Weist, so Jennifer Peterson in the movie, who turns out not to be Jennifer Peterson, again, who in 2020 can fake such things? I'm not going to discuss this, but I thought that maybe herself was going to make her way out. That would have been cool. The protagonist is an old lady who's been abducted through legal through legal ways, and from inside her facility, she needs to wait. She needs to find her way out and fight a legal battle. That would have been the truth. That would have been the story that I think could have saved. Like this Russian mafia bitch is like, why would you even? Like I said in the um, before the spoilers, but introducing to the mix. It is a social critique, and I get it, but they brought in the Russian mafia, and they play, they turned the old woman into, not a bitch, but this old woman into this, like, the mother of a Russian mobster. Like, what the fuck are you on about? And then she turns into a completely different person. I was so excited about the fact, like, it started so great, so promising about an old woman who has money, has saved her entire life. I was sold on that idea of this old poor woman who has, is alone, she doesn't have any family who comes look, looking for her. And then she has fought her entire life. She's an educated woman, lives by herself. She's great. And then they kidnap her. Well, they don't. The state takes her away to a facility. They sell all her shit. And then herself has to pull herself through the situation and makes it out by herself with the help of I don't know what. Because she's so educated and smart. So... That would have been a great movie. Even if they change the genre, maybe not about um, comedy, what the fuck, comedy crime thriller bullshit, but like a real drama of a woman coming to terms with being, you know, legally put away and taking this threat seriously. Because yes, I mean, Marla Grayson is the protagonist, but she's a horrible, she's an anti protagonist but it's not even like anti-protagonist like for example um i don't know if that's the right term in english anti-heroes thank you so much my assistant just told me anti-hero um for example deadpool is an anti-hero because he fucking sucks or at the beginning where some parts of the comics could be considered he sucks as a person he's a bitch treats people bad he um curses he says bad things he makes mistakes bad ones and, and we still love him, but Marla Grayson is a bitch. She kidnaps legally um, old, elderly people, put them in houses and steal their shit. And we're supposed to root for her. This character was written so, not bad, but like, it just feels like the director, um, so Jay Blakeson, was concentrated on writing Marla Grayson as a bit of a complex woman who is written as driven she has her partner um friend who okay so she she's not a heterosexual woman so i guess that makes it more interesting i mean i'm glad for the representation but 
I don't know to what point did he do that. I just think she's literally the representation of our younger generation and um, how hungry we are for money and how we don't care what values we sacrifice to get there. But the Russian mafia thing, why? Like, I love Peter Dinklage. His eyes are dreamy. His smile is dreamy. But why the fuck would you take this role? How, like, why? I just don't understand why they put this whole Russian mafia in this. And Christmas scene, I was totally wasted. He's just some shitty lawyer that comes in with money. Also, I'm going to thank the director, by the way, for that um, close shot of him talking to the camera with his salt and pepper beard. Like, that's all I ever wanted. If that's what you're looking for in the film, go to that um, that shot and stay there, live in it, breathe in it, and um, then continue your day and don't finish the movie. It's just, it was just a waste against the Russian mafia. And then they kill every, so they kill the doctor played by uh, Alicia, Alicia Witt, Dr. Amos. They kill her, but then they cannot manage to kill Marla Grayson or Fran. Like what kind of an assassin decides to turn gas in an apartment? Like, is that a thing that happens in 2020, 2021? That people leave their gas open? How many people die of that each year? It's like... The choices they made, I said I said it before, it looks and it was written like it was from the early 2000s. It reminds me a lot, a, a, lot, a lot like this George Clooney and Catherine Seta-Jones uh, where they play divorce, well, they don't play divorce lawyers. Is um, She is the one who wants to get married to a very rich guy and then he is the divorce lawyer hired by the guy um or the husband um or the what is it called i mean it's not marriage lawyer it's like a lawyer from the husband and he sees from a mile away that um she wants to just marry this guy for his money like the storyline gets worse and worse um and then let me see if i find it let me tell you something George Clooney has done a lot of movies. Wait, hold on. It's just so bad. <laughs> Do you guys know what movie I'm talking about? It's like a... Oh, damn it. Oh, it's gonna be... It's like... So, it's from the... Um, what is it called? The um, the brothers. What are they called? The Coen brothers. Because, I mean, George Clooney and the um, Coen brothers work together a lot together. They Like, they love each other. But... I don't know um, what the movie is called because I know it in Spanish. And it's with Catherine Sister Jones, like I said. And then they had like this fight all the time. And oh no, I'm out of sight here now. This is not it. Up in the air, that's not it. I'm just going to read through his entire. Hello, welcome to Review Without a Cost. I'm going to start reading um, the entire filmography of George Clooney. Would that be okay for you? 100%? Okay, great. Let's go. Um, anyway, it gave me this kind of vibes of like the storyline is so bad, but the acting is kind of good. Or was it? <laughs> was it kind of good? It wasn't. Um, honestly, I don't know why they decided to um, to make this. Is it high fidelity? Listen, I don't find it. I found it. Okay, so it's from a 2003. Sorry, it took me so long. It's called Intolerably 
intolerable cruelty. It's George Clooney, Catherine Sedgwick Jones, like I said, Coen Brothers directed this film. It stars even Billy Bob Thornton as um, the husband to be from Catherine Sedgwick Jones. This has 6.2 stars on IMDb, and I Care a Lot has 6.2 as well. <gasps> oh, I connected the dots. I saw it coming. Oh my god. It just has the same vibe of like, this storyline is so fucking dumb, but the acting is okay. And who decided to write this? Like, I Care A Lot has been written like an early 2000 movie from the Coen brothers who should be really promising, but it wasn't. And that's exactly the vibes it gives. It starts really good. The promise is really good. And I mean, Esa Gonzalez talked about like, she talked about, um, the free britney movement in one of the interviews trying to make a point about how this movie is a social critic um criticism to you know um conservatorship you know what i'm talking about concert sorry in spanish conservatorship you know that thing that they do and um there's a free britney documentary so she talked about it and how this movie was also talking about how Legally, we can put these people away and alienate them from the world and take and make decisions for them, um, own their assets and make everything with them, whatever we want. So, I mean, the point is really serious and really harsh. But then this movie decided, you know what, go, go suck it. I don't care about making a point. Let's just bring in the Russian fucking mafia. And then they end up making a deal. And um, they're working together, and she looks stunning in those interviews at the end, I'm not gonna lie. But then, again, this man, um, Feldstrom, comes in and shoot her, and she dies. What is the point? I felt nothing. Listen, I felt nothing. <laughs> um, one of the reviews on IMDb were like, this is one of the first movies I've seen in a while that made me feel nothing. And that's exactly what I felt. And I think that's so sad, because the point and the... This, the point that he tried to make a cross was, it's really important. Like, it's crazy to me that that's legal. And this is, maybe it's an, like an exaggerated version of it. Maybe um, it happens to that scale. I, obviously, I would not know. I'm not um, an investiga investigative journalist. I'll, I won't find out soon about this. But I think bringing in the Russian mafia, like, they could 100% would have, they could have made a movie about this topic alone, taking it seriously or looking from a legal standpoint, maybe someone with family that is trying to get this shit undone, maybe from the perspective of a lawyer, maybe from the perspective of a journalist that is following this story, like from a serious perspective and not like bringing the Russian mafia. Um, and this old woman turns out to be the mother of the guy from the Russian mafia. And they had to make a deal with this little bitch with marla grayson who just wants have wants to have money and guess what they continue to do so and they continue to play the poor old people or the elderly people and steal their money up until the point that someone shoots her and we're supposed to root for this horrible woman and the partner that make horrible things they set a car on fire almost kill a person i am not in it to win it she should have drowned in that car honestly yeah, she has the great instinct of, um, you know, sur survival, and she fought a lot to get where she was, I guess, but to the cost of other people and playing other people. And I just think of all these elderly people treating like nothing. 
And I don't think it's a subject that you're supposed to feel lightly about. And, oh, my God, I watch this movie. So Hillary is about the Russian mafia. And people cannot, like, it's too real. It's legal. It happens. I think that was the point that was supposed to come across. And I wouldn't be surprised. I, I, I just destroy Netflix every time. I wouldn't be surprised if Netflix would have been like, this is not what we're looking for this month. Um, you have to make this genre happen. You know, you have to make this a comedy, a little bit of a comedy, since the cast includes this, because this are, um, this um, actress wants to make a comedy this year, and she hasn't done it in a while, so we're going to do this within our comedic um, genre. Also, comedies are certainly very good this um, month, because of, I don't know, because of lockdown, people are watching more comedies, according to our statistics, so you have to take a also, action films are also selling very well on Netflix. You need to put some action. And then you lose the value and the value of the actual message, which is we treat elderly people and not able people like shit. And we take care of them. We take advantage of them and that shouldn't happen. And then it got lost and the point got lost. And that's where we ended up with this shitty movie. <laughs> this diluted action mixed with early 2003 Coen Brothers bullshit do you supposed to think it's deep or um, has never been done before because the topic is barely there? Go fuck yourself. Oh my God, the more I talk about it, the more I hate it. I'm so sorry. Not for me. The global, um, the Golden Globe nomination, I don't see the point either. I love Rosamund Pike, I do, but she can do so much better. And if it comes in this movie, if, if the present comes in this package, I don't want it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Maybe the director did write this movie like that and he did not accommodate to what Netflix was looking for in order for him to release a movie on Netflix, which, to be fair, it's a great point in your career right now. People, it's so easy, like, it's not easy, but it's so good and approachable for everybody to make an official Netflix production. It's great for a director point of view. And that guy has not done a lot, so I don't know how he made it happen. Um, I'm glad for him, I guess, but, like, he's done, I think, like... Um, six credits as a director he has one of them i care a lot so he made five movies before putting these out there and i just think that maybe it was cheaper maybe he offered to make it for cheaper it just feels like this movie was lost in production um was lost in pre-production it was lost in production it was lost in post-production <laughs> this movie was lost this movie um got lost in the hands of the um, director, um, well, the writer-director, and I don't know who meddled with this movie, but it feels like it was lost. The point was lost, and people feel nothing. It's like a manufactured movie of people discussing what to do with this topic and how to make, how to, they found a goldmine of a great topic that actually means something and that is really relevant right now with the Free Britney movement, and now that we have time to look at the healthcare um, system, because, you know, it's very important to us right now because of the, you know, pandemic. And they said, how do we sell it, though? And they made all the wrong choices. Instead of, they tried to sell it more than, they sold their values to try to make this movie happen on Netflix. Once again, I have no idea what the conversations between Netflix and um, the director or the writer and the producer was, but this is what I think uh, happened. They lost it along the way. And though, I mean, at the end of the day, all the actors want to be in a Netflix production as well, just like the director does. Netflix, I think, has a lot of leverage and has a lot of, obviously, money <laughs> and distribution rights. Like, it's a bam if you are in one of those things. I'm sure it also goes 
a lot quicker because I assume that people like Netflix has like production partners that they work a lot with or editing um, studios or studios in general that they have a lot of you know connections with and that that can make your movie be fast tracked a lot quicker than other things so maybe that's what happened maybe Jay Blakeson had this um, going on for a while and he couldn't make it happen like the way he wanted to. So Netflix was like, I hope you, if you do these changes. And he was like, great, sounds amazing. And this was this is what happened. Maybe, I don't know. I've, if I'm Netflix, if you want to hire me, we'll talk about this. We can fix this. And um, if you want to find out where I live, I, I live in the North Pole, far away from everybody. And you can't reach me. I don't have internet. Bye. Um, yeah, that's it. That's all I have to say. What a shame of a movie, honestly. <laughs> what a waste. Anyway, if you want to write me and tell me how wrong I was, or if you're Netflix and you want to sue me for, um, you know, giving out false information and, you know, throwing your name through the mud, don't find me. But uh, for the other people, I'm on Instagram at Sarcastic Dimples. That's my personal account. Then if you want to write to the podcast in, on Instagram at Review Without a Podcast, if you want to write me an email, you can do it at reviewwithoutacause at gmail.com. And I'm working on a blog slash website right now. I hate, I have to program a little shit because, listen, it's a whole thing. So that will be coming soon, I hope. So you can see all the links together where you can find my podcast. Every episode will come out there as well. So you'll find it in the link. Uh, you don't have to wait for me to, you know, release it on spotify or on my instagram with the you know link you can just go to the blog and if it's there you'll find it there which is great and that's it thank you so much for listening subscribe and stay safe drink water use a mask bye